0: This is Actualize Freedom. Straight talk on growing clicks and conversions on Amazon FBA from people doing it every day. Now, here's your host, digital marketing
1: acrobat, Danny Kenji Carlson. What's up, guys? Danny Carlson here with the Actualized Freedom Podcast. And today we have an episode we're diving deep on Amazon PPC and product research with the man straight from Jungle Scout. You guys, if you're in the Amazon space for more than five minutes, you guys would have heard of Jungle Scout. They're one of the OG software companies, if not the OG software company, when it comes to Amazon seller software. I remember when I started in Amazon back in 2016. There wasn't really many softwares that catered to Amazon sellers. Jungle Scout was kind of like the uh, kind of like the original gangster of Amazon software. So we have here Rolando Galliana here to help talk about Amazon PPC and Amazon product research. So before we dive into that, um, welcome to the podcast, first of all, Rolando. And let's just dive into your background in Amazon in, in a roundabout way. How did you even get involved in Amazon in the first place?
0: Yeah, well, uh, first off, I'm glad to be here, Danny. This is awesome. Um, well, <laughs> funny thing is I've, I've pretty much done everything from being a pastor to a stockbroker, uh, turned entrepreneur. And uh, after a failed uh, tech startup business that, uh, that I had started, I found myself bedridden and uh, trying to search for an opportunity of, of how, what, what I could do from, from bed. And that's how I stumbled across selling on Amazon. And uh, it was interesting because at that time, uh, back in 2016, like you said, uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of information, there wasn't uh, many tools, but I did come across uh, a YouTube channel uh, with uh, this, this extraordinary guy named Greg Mercer, and he was talking about how to launch and sell a product on Amazon, and it was, lo and behold, it was, it was our first million-dollar case study, and through the million-dollar case study, which is one of our free resources, I literally learned Everything on how to uh, launch uh, uh, my first, very first product, which uh, ultimately uh, it's just funny how life kind of comes full circle. Um, I always really looked up and admired uh, Greg throughout this whole seller journey, and I, I had the opportunity in 2018 to to come and help in uh, season four of the Million Dollar Case Study. So um, you know, I'm fortunate that what I do at Jungle Scout is I help create success stories along with the entire Jungle Scout team and uh that's pretty much my role it's a fun job and uh, much like you danny i'm sure one of the things that that i love to do is just to to help uh people uh, um, along the way and uh just really uh come come at it at a, in a position of maybe teaching or mentorship
1: or coaching um all those things are just uh priceless man so you mentioned you were bedridden when you when you're forced to look for something else uh, and you need to stumble across amazon Was that big health issue that came up? Like, what was, why were you bedridden? (laughs) The the funny thing is it was, I was doing P90X
0: (laughs) and uh, uh, apparently I did a a wrong move and I just, my back just tweaked out on me. I just wigged out and um, I I was in bed for a whole, for a solid week. And I was like, what am I going to do while I'm in bed? And I was like, my, I just came out of a a failed, a failed business venture um, that, uh, that I was attempting to do. Uh, there's got to be you know I've always had this entrepreneurial bug I was like there's got to be something that I could do online and uh, like I said that's ultimately I just did a a search of um, businesses or something to a business on online business I guess is probably the search I was doing at that time and and that's like I said I just came across Jungle Scout and yeah it's like they'll say the rest is history.
1: (laughs) Yeah that's so interesting too because that's actually how I started my first business is When I broke my collarbone, when I used to be a downhill skateboard racer, I was in a race in Puerto Rico and I crashed on the very first race run of my very, (laughs) very first day in Puerto Rico and uh, broke my collarbone. So I was, uh, I was a carpenter at the time and obviously couldn't go back to work in carpentry. So I'm just sitting around at home and came up with the idea for my first business, which was uh, creating longboarding videos for my other sponsored friends and longboarding companies and stuff like that. So some good things can happen when you're bedridden, apparently. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Excellent, Rolando. Well, let's just dive into, let's just get straight to the juice right here because I know when people think about Jungle Scout, one of the biggest things they think about is product research. And you have a lot of insight into you know, what has changed when it comes to product research since 2016 and now that it's 2021? And then, you know, what is working right now? Just based on what you see with lots of different sellers, lots of different data um, and everything like that. So maybe just go over an overview of what are the things that have changed and what are the things that have stayed the same between 2016 and 2021 when it comes to product research? Yeah, so
0: definitely product research um, has evolved. The tools that are available have evolved. Um, in fact, we were early on known just as a, a product research tool, Jungle Scout, but now we're an all-in one suite. So essentially you can uh, you know you could uh, start launch and scale your business through Amazon, that's definitely evolved and changed. You may recall that in the early days you had to have uh, just different tools to accomplish different things, right? And, uh, and, and now it's just all encompassed in one tool through Jungle Scout. So I would say that that's probably, huge in the sense of main, maintaining your business, managing your business, growing your business. Uh, but also, you know, Amazon, Amazon's always changing. Uh, there's, that's the crazy thing about Amazon is that you, you get into a rhythm, you get into a flow and then all of a sudden they just alter their business model in the sense, for example, one of the big issues that, that happened uh, was reviews, right? We could use um, third-party sites to, to promote our product, provide deep discounts, and with these, these deep discounts, people would uh, hopefully uh, give us reviews. Well, that's pretty much not a no-no. Amazon's definitely put the, the, uh, a stop on that. So, so now it's uh, really trying to drill down and figure out creative ways to, to get reviews. Um, and ultimately, it's just about delivering value, though. I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to that, that particular space, it's about delivering value. Uh, a, a good product, good quality product with a good experience. And uh, Yes, yeah, so I would say that that's probably one of the major things, major components that I, I hear about all the time is uh, how do I get product reviews? And I wish there was a, uh, a magic wand, a, a special way of doing that. But unfortunately, there isn't. Um, but I will say that there, there, there is at least one tool that Amazon has uh, created that we can use. Uh, and, and that is essentially uh, the ability to be able to, to just send uh, like a, a request, a review request through Amazon. Um, and that, that is a game changer where you can actually, there's a button when you go into seller central, you, you would select and uh, request a review. Um, and they'll just send an email a generic email with asking the customer to, to provide their star rating. But we have automated that, um, with our request a review button, uh, inside of, um, jungle scout. So we're always trying to stay on top of, of things and trying to, uh, keep on top of what Amazon's doing and how they're evolving and, and uh, how they're changing and just implement
1: those changes. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's good that Amazon's released that review button in their API so we can actually work it into some software tools here. I'm curious what, as far as uh, the product criteria, you know how it's like, you're looking for products that are, you know, meet a certain criteria, maybe they have a, a certain range of reviews or something like that. Do you think the criteria for a good product has really changed since 2016? Uh, like are are people looking for products that have higher revenues now, or or what are some of the metrics that you think have changed? Yeah, I think I think it's definitely
0: gone up slightly. Uh, you know, uh, before the range was was probably tighter, but now people are widening the range uh, ever so much, just because of the competition. It uh, it is a competitive space, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because there's competition that there is an opportunity. I think competition creates opportunity, and so that's. That's basically, you know, uh, price ranges. Um, You definitely need to get creative in the fact of uh, maybe uh, bundling products or uh, we always talk about just adding that extra value, that extra um, ability to alter the product slightly, um, not stand out from the crowd. I think private label from the days of 2016 where you could just slap a label on a product uh, and succeed and have like crazy sales those days are over, so you do need to stand out from the crowd. And, and that's why I say really hone in on the competition. See what they're doing. I, I think that to me, uh, that's the, the greatest thing that you can do is kind of emulate the competition um, and provide a little twist. How is it that you're going to deliver a little more value over the competition? Those, those types of things, those, those changes um, will make you stand out.
1: Yeah, and I wanna I wanna kind of piggyback on that too because a lot of people hear the advice to emulate the competition um, when the in situations when the competition is not doing a very good job, right? It's like you gotta you gotta take that with a grain of salt, right? Like if your competition Absolutely. is clearly knows what they're doing, then of course you want to emulate them. But then then uh, if you have a competitor who their images kind of look crappy. Yeah. I mean, there's probably no magic to it. They're probably just crappy images, right? Like they're doing well, despite the crappy images, not because of the crappy images, right? So like definitely, Absolutely. definitely use your use your own two brain um, in between your own two ears up there to figure <laughs> that one out. But um, well, one thing I like okay. to do uh, in that process, like of,
0: of trying to emulate the competition, I think what we tend to do is, um, you know, we'll find a product using Jungle Scout and we just, we, we think we found the, the competition in that space. But what I like to do is, like, I like to drill down a step further and and go into the um, you know the the hundred best sellers in that space, in that niche, in that category, and click on there. And really, there's where you're going to find the true competition because you're not trying to compete against the product that you found um, initially on Jungle Scout. That's like the starting point. But you do need to drill down further, and by going in and, and really uh, finding the the one hundred uh, the the hundred best top sellers. Uh, then you're going to be able to, to really emulate the like creme de la creme. Uh, and, you know, starting with the number one seller, what is it that they're doing? What is it that, um, you know, what are their images doing? What does their copy look like? Um, are, you know, like on the A-plus content, what do they have? So, so it's a little bit of a, of a leapfrog that you do when, you, when, you're, uh, when you're doing this. It saves a lot of time, a lot of hassle of trying to uh, figure it out because they're number one for a reason. They're number one for a reason. And, and so why is it that they're number one? So I like to kind of reverse engineer processes and, and start there and see, you know analyze the, you know maybe the, the top five sellers, see what's in their copy, see what's in, you know what is it that they're doing. And even while on that page, use uh, our Chrome extension just to see the top, there's, there's a feature in the Chrome extension where uh, it gives you like a, a word cloud and I'll use that word cloud as, as keywords that I can use for, for either optimizing my listing or
1: or uh, just drilling down on my PPC. And then, so that's a really interesting point there, because a lot of people, they can look at a, you know, Jungle Scout report, and they'll just take it just at face value. And they will see, okay, so this is my top competitor, this is this, just all based on numbers in a spreadsheet, basically, right? But what you're saying is that it's a lot more complicated than that. You got to, you got to compare their A plus content against, you know, maybe their images and some other things that are much more subjective that you can't really have punched out into a spreadsheet. Right. So how do you, how do you really go through that process with yourself? It is like, is there a lot of like mental calculation or, or what are you doing when you're comparing those products against each other? Yes.
0: Yeah, so it's a little bit of a science and a little bit of a science and an art, right? Um, so the numbers, the data will validate it, right? So that's, that's where jungle scout comes into play. Let's validate this product. Let's make sure that, you know, what, what, what is it earning monthly? And, you know, what's the comp, the general competition look like in this niche in this category, but when it comes down to it, really you're, 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 you have to go that extra step, right? You have to go that extra step because our number one goal is not to be you know, um, um, you know, ranked, you know, a thousand, ideally we want to be number one in that niche. So that's why I say by, by really looking at the, the, even like, I would say the top 10, let's, uh, let's say, um, what I'm looking at is why is it, and I always try to put myself and this is the art part, the art component, and this isn't like the science part, because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a conversion, right? Or we're trying to gain a customer. So the, the art portion is, let me step back. Let me look at, okay. I'm looking at it is looking at this from the shoes of my, you know, of, of a customer. What is that when they, that first turns them on to click onto my listing, right? Is it the, the main image? Um, you know, typically, you know, those, the first thing that you're going to encounter is, you know, the main image, uh, the reviews title, you know, uh, maybe may play an impact on that. And uh and so on. So, so that's like the first step of the funnel. Then you get them to, to go and, and uh, see your listing. Right. So now um, you you've got to convert them. So what is it that's going to convert them? Um, it's going to be your sales copy and the additional images that, that you're incorporating in, in your listing. So, so what is it? So there, there, has gotta be some secret sauce of like the images, right? Like if it's a lifestyle photo of the product in use, um how, camping whatever the case may be you might want to emulate that right you can't steal their photos but you could definitely emulate that process um, and then same thing with uh, the title and the bullet points you know you, you got to look and see what is it a lot of times what I find with the with the top ranked sellers it's about clarity because at the end of the day everybody wants the keyword stuff everybody wants to try to um, you know they just create this listing that almost doesn't even make sense. But I find that the top sellers always bring clarity. And nine times out of 10, their titles are are short and concise and to the point. And then their bullet points are not just highlighting the, uh, the features, but they're highlighting the benefits. So it's about, this is the art component. It's about telling the story. And then what is it that's going to convince them to continue scrolling because you have about maybe three seconds of their time, tops, to, to really get, get their attention. So what's going to matter in step one is, what is it that's above the fold? Um, so the moment that they land on their mobile device or, on, or on their, if they're on their computer, what is above the fold? And that matters first. So let's get that down. Then from there, we can start to create the story through, say, our A-plus content. Um, and once again, what is the competition doing to tell this, their story? And uh, I always, you know, story sell, right? So so I think that that is, we lose that as marketers or as business uh, owners that, you know, that it, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's a customer behind this uh, and they need to see themselves in that story. So build that story for them and, uh, and you know, keep them, you know, keep their attention as long as possible so that you can get a conversion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love everything you're saying right there. It's um, it's very similar to a concept we talk about a lot at Kenji ROI called key info optimization. We, we basically sum that up as the single most important thing when it comes to listing optimization is key info optimization It's showing customers the most key info they need to make their buying decision in the places they're actually going to see it, right? So I think uh, some of the big common mistakes that people make is cramming too much information into the listing and in their images and their infographics, especially they have like eight different things going on in one single infographic when only maybe four of those things in the infographic are actually key pieces of information. The other things are just like your customers don't really care about those other things. And so you don't have to show off every single last feature, every possible benefit of your product. In fact, that can actually be to the detriment of your more important benefits to just clutter your listing and clutter all of your images. And you might be better just focusing in on what actually is important to your customers. So that's an important point I think to make here is that it's not all about just like over like fire hosing your customers with all of the benefits (laughs) and everything like that. It's much more prudent to just really do a good job of focusing on what is important to the customers and then optimizing your listing based on that. What are are your thoughts on that?
0: No, I agree wholeheartedly. And one of the things that, um, I'll add to that is I think in this whole process of selling on Amazon, one thing that's lost is the market research component, right? We, we find a product, we, you know, we, we do the homework. There's, there's obviously a lot of moving parts, right? We've got to source the product. We've got to, you know, find, find the best supplier uh, and learn all this process. If it's our first time launching a product, but one of the, the key components that's forgotten is uh, this market research element of, of identifying your customer, right? And really, 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 really getting to the core of what is your customer? What is their customer journey look like? Why did they even come and arrive to your product? Um, and, you know, like what's their age? What's their demographic? Like all of this matters uh, when creating our listing. But I think that part has been lost just because Amazon is one of those business models where you really don't have to do a whole lot of that in the sense that they're driving the traffic for the most part, right? Uh, person's there because on their own free will they're ready to shop but at the same token if we can't really identify and really clearly understand who our customer is um, we're it's going to affect us and it's going to hurt us in the long run so before you know even ordering your photos to get done and and, and while creating your listing all of that needs to kind of be built into this um, and uh, I think that, yeah, because people want to keyword stuff and they want to, uh, you know, they, 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 that's like their MO. Um, you know, a lot of the that the user experience is lost. Um, but I like to kind of combine the two, right? Where, where I can't fit a keyword, I'll use it in my backend search terms. Um, and, you know, it'll still be there. It'll still be present. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, definitely.
1: Yeah, and that's a... Uh... It's an interesting time right now, too, because now we have audiences inside of Amazon ads, which actually does allow us to kind of target these segments, these groups of people that otherwise like Amazon sellers just didn't usually think in terms of different customer segments and, and demographics and things like that. So uh, maybe that's a good segue over to Amazon ads. Have you played around much with the audiences, the in-market audiences and demographics and things like that? And, um, and what have you been finding when you've been playing around with that, like what's been working really well? Yeah. Well, a lot of it really comes down to,
0: to knowing exactly your audience, right? Like, I think a lot of it, when it comes to, I I do, I run a lot of Facebook ads for my business, my side, my side hustles. And a lot of that, that particular space is a hundred percent like audience creation, right? You're, You're literally like having to identify, you know, what pages they like, what, uh, like, what restaurants they shop at, what stores do they uh, shop at, all of that information to build an audience. Whereas the same, the same applies to, to Amazon. It's just, it's just a, a little, um, I'd say it's, it's, I mean, I love Amazon PPC in the sense that it's, it's a little more watered down than say, you know, you, you know running Facebook ads or Google ads. Um, and so you, you can really become an expert pretty fast. I will say that probably the most success I've had versus audiences is uh, tar- uh, product targeting? Um, that's that's also <laughs> that's a very uh, neat uh, feature that uh, Amazon rolled out a um, couple years back. I, I would say um, is product targeting ads. I think that I've had a lot of success with that. The audience component, I've dabbled with it, but I can't say that <laughs> I'm an expert on that part yet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's still fairly new, and it—I mean—it's definitely infantile compared to Facebook ads. Like, it's—it's it's no, nowhere near as comprehensive as the targeting Facebook or Google ads, but it is a step in the right direction, right? Like, you actually are able to target brand new customers using market segments instead of keywords or product targets as the as the actual target. And you know, same as you, Orlando, we're still we're still testing out a bunch of stuff, and we haven't really found any consensus of like, okay, this seems to work the best. For all the brands that we're working with, but um, I mean, it, it's it's a good new tool, right? I think at the very least, you should be targeting your own customers, right? Like retargeting, sure. which is uh, obviously with you coming from a Facebook Ads background, you'll understand just how powerful retargeting ads are. Yeah, and sure. if you're if you're not using them in Facebook Ads, you're just kind of uh, just Throwing leaving some money arm. on the table, right? Like your kind of yeah. your funnel is just leaky, so to speak. So now that we have the capability to be retargeting. Um, people who are our customers or people who have viewed our products or have viewed our competitors' products, for example. uh, Do you think that that's just a a ground level thing that people should be doing just to make their funnel tighter?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what it goes to show is that Amazon is obviously heading in this direction. They always kind of uh, give uh, like signals, right? Of, Of where they're moving and what they're trying to do. Uh, so this is a signal of the fact that, and, and this just kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, that before you couldn't do this, right? You couldn't target audiences. You couldn't be specific. So people got lazy and they wouldn't really do the research on like, uh, identifying their, their target market. Um, but now it just goes to show how much more important it is to be able to do the research, put in the work to identify your target market right? Really break, like, put it, you know, write it out, really, really dissect that information. Like, what is, like, what's the gender of my customer? Uh, What's their age? You know, um, where, where are they located? Like, what's their, uh, their geo location? Um, You know, just really honing in on, like, I you know, like, uh, I like to, like, a day in the life of, of that person, right? Give them a name, give them a persona, start trying to, to really, like, get into their, their head, their shoes, and, and, it, it just, it'll help everything all around, right? Um, not only just like we were talking about your listing, uh, but it'll also help on your PPC uh, campaigns. And, and now with, you know, the audiences, uh, that definitely it's something that, uh, that you'll need.
1: <laughs> yeah. And guys, if you haven't set up these type of ads too, they're like very beginner level. Like I'd put them at Um, you know, uh, maybe one step above setting up an automatic campaign and then one step below setting up a broad match campaign. So if you've ever set up a broad match campaign before, you'll have no problem setting up these um, audience type of ads here. It's just very click around um, and just do what makes sense, right? Like very basic. It's actually easier than choosing keyword targets. Um, You can choose relevant um, audiences and, uh, you know, retargeting and things like that. So definitely recommend trying that out if you haven't already, guys. But other than that, Rolando, when it comes to Amazon ads, um, where where do you see people with sticking points? I know there's a lot of there's a lot of like common like best practices out there when it comes to Amazon ads, and some of it is has been exactly the same since we started on Amazon back in 2016. And uh, some of it's good advice, and some of it's really not so good advice. It's not really that relevant anymore. So, um, where do you see people kind of tripping up when it comes to Amazon ads?
0: Yeah, so I, I work on the daily, and I interact with with our customers on the daily um, through our our coaching platform, Freedom Builder Bootcamp. And um, so I see I see where they get caught up. Uh, I, I think um, uh, I have a really good pulse on what what's happening and why why people are having problems with PPC. You know, um, and I think a lot of it comes down to is uh, really uh, casting too wide a net um and and i i i'm a big believer in in if you're managing your own ppc campaigns you need to keep it simple and not this complex process um you know and what i mean by that is for example if you're targeting you know a broad or a phrase match um keywords broader phrase match keywords you're a lot of times people will probably dump in a long list of you know, hundreds of keywords. Well, you just created for yourself <laughs> a, a, a huge, 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 um, workload. Uh, so I like to limit my, you know, my keywords when launching a product to 10 to 20 keywords. Um, and, and that's really, that's all you need. It'll give you an, a, a, a very large, uh, exposure to what you're trying to do, who you're trying to reach. Um, and so I like to always run a, a campaign that has a broad and a phrase match within the campaign so that they can share the budget. And ultimately, the broad, the, uh, the, what I put in my broad, uh, for my keywords within the broad ad group, uh, I'm going to match those with my phrase match campaign. And ultimately what that's going to do is it's just going to give me uh, all these results that uh, I allow Amazon to provide to me. Uh, and so I think, I think less is best when it comes to PPC. Um, and, and, you know, in, in terms of like it, if you're launching product after product, uh, it can become uh, a nightmare to optimize your, your PPC campaigns. If you don't keep it simple.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, I think a lot of people don't really understand how broad match works. And so like, if you put 100 keyword targets into the same broad match campaign, where you're going to find is a lot of those keyword targets are actually going to be bidding on the same search terms, or they're, they're kind of going to be competing against each other. And that's that becomes a problem when you start to change the bids, right? Think about one broad match search term. Let's say we have, um, you know, camera lights, um, you're bidding on camera lights. So camera lights has like a bunch of different search terms at different bid ranges, like at the, at the top of the bid range, maybe it's bidding on this one search term, and at the lower end of the bid range, it's bidding on some other search terms. But then you lower the bid, and then all of a sudden, that one search term that was getting all of your sales, you're, you're now no longer really bidding on that because it's you know you lowered your bid too much for that search term. And then it starts bidding on these other search terms. And you have no freaking idea, right? You just lowered the bid, and you just saw that the performance went way down. What happened, right? Well, it's just completely bidding on totally different search terms now. And if you have 100 broad match Um, targets in the same in the same area like a lot of them are going to be bidding on the exact same search terms and you're changing the bids around those search terms are going to be ping-ponging back and forth between these different uh, keyword targets and you have no idea right your performance of these different keywords is going to be wildly all over the place right so is that is that kind of an illustration of why you like to keep things simple just so uh just so it doesn't get like totally unruly like that or what do you think?
0: Yeah, definitely like that's the goal is not to, not to, um, you don't want to become a slave to your, to your PPC. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I don't know if you've, if you've, uh, if you've heard about this, Danny, but we actually recently acquired a, um, a way to, to automate your, your, your PPC campaigns through uh, through downstream. We just acquired a company called downstream and, uh, it's, you know, nothing can beat machine learning, right? Um, it's not a tool that's presently available, but you can kind of see the direction we're going with this. Um, less is best. <laughs> like, I am a huge proponent, though. I do say you have to learn PPC uh, because you need to kind of understand the inner workings of how it all works, right, um, and be able to, to manage it as a whole. But, but definitely, um, I think with, you know, with machine learning, yeah, what, a, what a machine can do versus what a human can do uh, can't be quite uh, compared. So there's, you know, there's a little bit of uh, being able to understand that, like, you have to learn PPC, you have to in the early stages. But then over time, um, if, you know, you can create a a nightmare, you can create a headache for yourself. So that's why uh, just keep it simple. I mean, that's that's really what it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'd love to hear your opinion, too, on one of the biggest Things that I think is like a mental roadblock for people starting out in PPC or for people who don't really understand PPC that well is you look at it as just like a, a profit and loss statement, like money in, money out, and uh, if it's not profitable, then it's not worth doing, right? And, and and like that would that's just a simplistic view in my opinion. Making ACOS the only goal of your PPC campaigns uh, can have some problems, right? So maybe just talk a bit about that, like what is the, the better mindset to look at your PBC campaigns with instead of just solely focusing on the ACOS?
0: Yeah, so it's, it's essentially it comes down to it's an investment. Um, you know, all businesses have a, a marketing expense. Uh, so look at it rather than, um, you know, just looking at the finite, you know, ACOS, whatever, whatever you're looking at. Um, look at the bigger, broader picture. What are the results that it could generate in terms of brand awareness? Um, you know, companies spend, you know, millions on just making their brand, you know, putting their brand out there, right? Um, well, with, with Amazon, this is a similar, uh, take that same mindset as that putting your brand out there is critical. Uh, and of course, of course, you do need to con- continuously optimize um, and bring down that ACoS over time. Uh, but I I think a lot of times what happens is in the early stages, um, and, you know, talking to a lot of, to a lot of our students, it's basically, uh, you know, one of the challenges that they have is that, uh, they're, you know, they see a high A cost and they want to quit too soon on PPC, but I I look at it, uh, you know, differently. And and ultimately it's, it's a long-term game. It's not a short-term game. And that's why I say you need to understand how to do it and how to operate it. Um, it's not something that you it, you right out the gate you outsource. Um, I, I think that having the understanding will go a long way because then you can translate that to other ways uh, to other mediums, right? You can translate that information that you learned about PPC on maybe running some you know some Facebook traffic and maybe running some Google Ads traffic down the road. So those are so that's why like I I love that's why I love Amazon PPC. I started, you know, through Facebook advertising, I I really got into Facebook advertising. Uh, But when I started selling on Amazon, um, ultimately, I realized like, wow, this is actually not that complicated, because where I came from, when you when you look at things coming from like a a really like intense, like trying to like, you know, you got to install the pixel, you got to create, uh, you know, these audiences and and so on and so forth. It's just like, okay, this is very, this is not complicated at all. I just need to stick with the system and, 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 and stick with it because what I see is a lot of people will, will start very aggressive and, and, and will, in terms of like, they, they spend time in their PPC, but slowly, slowly um, just don't really monitor it or watch it. Uh, And it's not, it's not the way it works. Uh, It is, it does require some uh, constant monitoring and, and, and like I said, tweaking and adjusting. uh, So, that would be the, the, that's the long-term game. We're not in this for the, for the short haul. We're in this for, for the long haul.
1: Yeah. And I think it makes a lot of sense to look at your Amazon PPC as a way of driving your organic rankings as well. So yeah. rather than, I know a lot of sellers, they look at their Amazon PPC line item in their, in their reports and they're like, Oh my goodness, how much money did I spend on ads this month? And they look at that as something that, could potentially be reduced to raise their profit without really considering like, is this actually driving some organic sales and everything like that? So I think it's very, also very important to look at the, like, if it's profitable, then if it's profitable or break even, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be trying to generate more sales right like if you're generating sales profitably at, at or at, at break even or even a little bit under break even and driving organic sales and potentially boosting your keyword ranking to get more organic sales then then why the heck wouldn't you scale that up and, and if you are reducing your ppc spend and reducing the amount of sales that are coming in then you're potentially shooting yourself in the foot um and, and i just see this mindset a lot of uh, of potential clients of ours or ppc and it's uh I just think that it requires a, a different mindset to look at Amazon ads to actually get good results.
0: Yeah. And, and really it, com- it comes down to planning, um, planning out, you know, a budget, um, because once you have a budget locked in, then at least it's not going to hurt your bottom line. I, I think, uh, you know, having, you know, what, what is it that I'm willing to spend? Like what, how much can I allocate, uh, towards my PPC campaigns without it, Without it, you know, really impacting my business as a whole. Um, so planning is huge when it comes to PPC. I think a lot of people just want to kind of like, it's it's kind of like throw spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. Um, but I, I I yeah that that really isn't what uh, PPC or just any type of advertising or how it works. Uh, advertising it really does require thinking long term um, you know, and kind of breaking it down to bite size. Okay. So for the year, this is how much I can spend on PPC. Now, granted that might increase, it might decrease, but just kind of look at it from a long-term time horizon because, uh, that's another thing that I, I get a lot of questions of is like, do I pause my PPC campaigns? No, absolutely not. <laughs> so, um, it, so, uh, you know, you want to look at it from a long-term time horizon, uh, a year out and then kind of break it down monthly and then daily. And what does that equate to Uh, not just look at it like, okay, so um, you know, I'm going to put $50 a day as my daily budget on this campaign for no rhyme or reason. Um, So that's why I think that's where a lot of people really go wrong is not really, um, uh, really looking at the long-term time horizon. Yeah. A year year really isn't, Isn't uh, you know like isn't even enough, but but for PPC, you know at least you could probably you
1: know you can you could come down to a number uh, by looking out a year. Yeah, well, at the very least, calculating what your cash flow can actually handle because that's one of the most important things as an e-commerce business owner is just making sure you have cash to pay for your reordering of inventory, to pay for everything they need to pay for. There's a lot right yep. and calculating that cash flow is very important um, and if you're not thinking about that if you don't just open up a simple spreadsheet and you <laughs> miscalculated, you're like i accidentally spent $5000 more than i can actually afford this month on ads and then all of a sudden you don't have money to pay for reordering your inventory right you're screwed right so it doesn't take it doesn't take a complex calculation you just got to open up a spreadsheet and just say okay so what actually can i realistically afford to spend on ads yeah. and then you know, maybe if you want to be more aggressive, you can push it a little bit, but then at least you know where that, that zone is right. Then you're not blindsided by now I don't have enough money to spend on my inventory. Yeah. You have a baseline that you could work with. And I
0: think out of desperation, um, people will, will, will do crazy things, you know, (laughs) like pause their campaigns when, you know, it's like peak, you know, prime day or something like that. Like, uh it's 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 really um, you know, having a baseline and and you know knowing that you can, you know, you you do have the cash flow to to uh to support that.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure you get this uh question all the time too of of people thinking that if they get the keyword ranking, if they get to page one, then they can shut their ads off. <laughs> yes. Um what what are your what's your recommendation there?
0: Oh heck no! (laughs) What do you think got you there? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, that's not that. That's not an option. Um, Yeah, always. It's just it's it's a it's business, right? And business, you have marketing expenses. This is your marketing expense on Amazon for selling on Amazon.
1: Yeah. Well, just think about it too. If you're on page one, even if you're at the very top of page one, and then you're also taking out the ad slot directly above you at the top of page one. Great. Right. Yeah. That's stopping a competitor from taking up that ad slot. You're just getting a double exposure and that's one less customer that clicked on your competitor's ad to buy their product instead of your product. So, I mean, it's yeah. definitely not a waste of money. Um, yeah. And I definitely agree with you there, but there's been time.
0: Yeah, oh, sorry.
1: Oh, sorry, go ahead. We're we're kind of wrapping up at the end of our time here, but um, just go ahead and finish your thought there. I was just going to say, just uh, just put yourself as like, you know, a customer, you're on Amazon. Like
0: I've done that where I see a sponsor and I'm, like, ah, no, I'm not interested, but then it's, it's in the, you know, it's in the top 10 organically ranked. And I, you know, like I, it almost like reinforced the thought of like, okay, I need to buy it. It's just like a, it's like a, a Jedi mind trick
1: that happens by having you come up twice. So definitely. Yeah, what well, in the Facebook ads world, there's like uh some common, you know, best practice out there or something where it's like a customer needs to see your your brand like 10 times or 15 times or something like that before they're ready to buy. I don't know where that stat came from, but that's <laughs> a kind of common digital marketing statistic that's thrown out there a lot. So it makes a lot of sense in the in terms of Amazon as well. But awesome Orlando, um, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, I know you you lead some uh some boot camp and, and a whole bunch of stuff and content with Jungle Scout. Where can they learn more about your stuff?
0: Yeah, so um, I personally like my passion right now is teaching and coaching. And um, you can head over to freedombuilderbootcamp.com. Um, there you can learn more about uh, what projects I've been involved in with Jungle Scout. Um, and so that, that would probably be the, the best point, of course. Uh, we have tons of free resources at junglescout.com under our resources tab. Um, you know, we have the million dollar case study, which was my starting point, right, where I learned how to sell. And that's a free resource I would recommend. We just wrapped up season five of the million dollar case study. So uh, you'll want to check that out. So if you just head over to junglescout.com resources, and you'll see million dollar case study is one of the drop down options.
1: Excellent. Well, appreciate your time here, Orlando. And guys, we'll put those links as well in the show notes, as always, at kenjiroi.com slash blog. And appreciate you coming on here, Orlando. There's uh, lots of good golden nuggets dropped here. And guys, definitely check out uh, those resources if you're interested in learning more. So until next time, guys, go out there and kick some ass. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit kenjiroi.com. (laughs) you <laughs>